When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices in a Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, my co-host Ben Aston is with me, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I sound better than you. You've gone full Sean Dice <laughs> today, haven't you? I know. Yeah, I thought I'd do my best Dice impression for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Yeah, all good here. Good, 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 good. And we're we're both good because of the result that happened. It's a another podcast where we've come off the back of a win, um, and we'll obviously talk to you about our thoughts on it in this podcast. So I want to start right at the beginning. Um, how were you feeling going into the game considering and as well I just want to say for once the stats that we put out didn't jinx us because we've actually got a very good home record against Newcastle United which we put out on um, on Twitter because we didn't do a preview show so considering our good home form against Newcastle and considering the position we're in and also considering that we're coming in off the back of a win they're coming in off the back of a 5-0 drubbing so they might be up for it how was you feeling sort of going into that game then? Uh, yeah, feeling okay. Um, we we are Newcastle United's bogey team, aren't we? We, we pretty much yes. um, always beat them whenever we play them, even beat them in the FA Cup last year on our road to Wembley. Um, so, yeah, I, I was feeling confident going into it. I thought if we were going to get anything out of the next two games, being Newcastle and West Ham, I thought a better chance was going to be out of the Newcastle game. Um, and seeing them getting a drumming at City 5-0 and seeing a um, a few players were missing from the side. I kind of was a bit hopeful that they was going to be missing as well, but they came straight back into the side and yeah, I thought we, we did all right against them as well. Um, but yeah, feeling confident going into the game. Um, yeah, just feeling confident, mate. Yeah, well, no, not, not much more you can say on that. It, it, it's one of them. Obviously, we know the fixtures that we've got. We, we're identifying, we, well, we identified Newcastle and West Ham as the two games where we need to pick up points because Man City and Arsenal are free hits. Um, you know, there was part of me, that like a real, real optimist part of me, thought we might actually get something at home to City. Uh, but then I watched them last night against Brighton, and <laughs> that yeah. went out the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. But yeah, um, so we identified Newcastle as one of the games we had to pick up points in, and luckily we did. But I want to start with the team news. Are you massively surprised that it was unchanged from the um, the Norwich game? Was you expecting any changes? Or no, I wasn't expecting any changes. I I, I predicted it was going to be an unchanged um, starting eleven. Um, I think Pearson wanted to keep the um, the rhythm with the players that um, start the other game. Um, built some confidence up from that um, 2-1 victory against Norwich and also fighting spirit to come back from 1-0 down as well. So I, I was fully behind uh, the unchanged starting lineup. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that, coming back from behind, because obviously we did it last week against Norwich. We've done it now. And I think before the Norwich game, 
we actually there was a stat which I think we we hadn't won since after going behind. Uh, I believe that was the stat, or we'd only picked up two points from losing positions, and now we've done it sort of back to back. So that was good to see, and it shows that the players are willing to fight. Yeah, because, no, definitely. You, you know, and also you don't change a winning side, do you? No, no. If you if you don't broke, uh, don't fix it. Have I said that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you're along. Yeah, you're along the right lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a rough weekend, <laughs> ladies and gents. So, you know, let me off on that one. Um, but yeah, no, I think I predicted one change. I thought that um, who did I think was going to come in? I thought Cleverly would come in for the core. Right? Yeah. Um, but you know, Cleverly came on later on in the game, and, and again he was chasing everything down. He, you know, he, he wasn't gambling on anything. He was chasing it down and. He's a player who I think we'll see a lot more of next season. Um, so I was happy with his performance. But yeah, I think unchanged was the best best way to go. But as always, Ben, we, we started the game off in true Watford fashion. Um, we, we started off sort of slow and we were talking about it just before we started recording. But I thought it was offside. Like, you know, it, we were undone from a corner, a set piece. Um, corner comes in. Is it the cells that flicks it onto the back post? And then Dwight Gale's got the freedom of Vickery Drogues, just runs past his man and taps it in. And I thought it was offside. But how easy was that? Uh, yeah, I think it was Fernandez got the flick on um, for the was goal. It yeah, and it was actually going in as well. So I don't know why. Well, mm. Gale's been a typical striker, get wanting to claim yeah. him. Uh, Jesus did the same for uh, Man City yesterday, didn't he, as well? For, yeah. Um, so yeah, you can't blame him for putting his toe on the end of that. But yeah, I was saying to you just before we came that they didn't go to VAR. I was kind of hoping they was going to VAR just to see if his um, toenail was offside. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, Gale timed his run perfectly. Um, he was quick enough to react um, to the flick on and yeah, popped it in, um, which was frustrating to see because just before that, Newcastle had a, created another really good chance from a corner. Um, I think it was a corner that was kind of flicked on by Deeney at the uh, front post just to try and clear it and it fell to Almiron and then he had a shot which straight at Foster. Foster did brilliantly yeah. to stop that going in. Um, so there, there was warnings on the card straight away and that was two set pieces in a row and they ended up scoring from a second one which was this is kick, uh, kicking you while you're down really. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the, like you said, they'd had a chance before with Almiron and you think they'd sort of understand that Newcastle are a very good team from set pieces and that's Steve Bruce it always has been like that but yeah we were done by a set piece and I was hoping it was offside but Dwight Gale was very quick and I think they did show a replay where the, the linesman's view after the game and uh, he was well onside so can't say anything about nah. that but um, yeah so we went 1-0 down and I I said to you before we started recording, I have to hold my hands up. I thought, that's it. I thought, we'll take the 1-0 now. I thought, we, we're not coming back from this. We, we were lucky to do it. And I thought Newcastle are a lot stronger team than Norwich, obviously. Uh, and I think, on a side note, I think Steve Bruce has done an excellent job there. Um, and they are a very good team. So I thought, we struggled to do it against Norwich. But, the lads made me eat my words. You know, we 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 were pushing and pushing, um, albeit in the uh, in the second half. This was, but the first penalty, we'll, we'll jump straight into. The uh, we we half, we almost scored from Danny Welbeck. Um, we had a, sh- goal. Uh, um, a half volley off the post. It looked like it was it was creeping in, did. but Lascelles got there quickly just to clear it off the line. But that was 
Yeah. It, um, I was watching it with um, Kate, and um, she was saying, yeah. oh, does the whole ball have to cross the line? I was like, yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she would have gave it. Yeah, yeah. we would have that. If only she was yeah, in was, charge of it. That was just before they actually scored a, uh, yeah, yeah. to go one and up as yeah. well. So that was unfortunate that didn't go in. But yeah, it was the game. It's typical Watford, it really. We've seen it since the restart. We've been pretty bang average all below par um, first half, haven't we? Um, it takes... I don't know if it's because they're all anxious, yeah. they're under yeah, pressure, I, they know what's yeah. at stake. Um, they're struggling to get up for the game and it takes a, a rollicking at half-time to get all the players going. It shouldn't really take that, really, but I don't know why, but with this Watford side, it's, it seems to be going that way. Yeah, it seems to be a regular pattern week in, week out. And, you know, if... If yeah, exactly. Winning more games, I feel, then I don't care how crap we are in the first half, as long as we bloody win come full time. But going into the second half, and thanks for pointing <laughs> that out because that was probably one of the most talked about things, and I completely missed it. So it's been <laughs> shows, a rough night for you. Shows what sort of a <laughs> sort of weekend I've had. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but going into the second half. Obviously, as you've just said, we, we we were getting forward more. Saar was a lot more. Yeah, he came alive second like, half. Saar was, was very, very good yesterday. Yeah, yeah massively. Uh, and I think we've needed that from him. You know, we've, we've needed... He's perhaps been a bit isolated with us playing it up to Troy all the time and hoping that he can win the flick-ons and whatnot, which he did do in this game as well. But we, we involved Saar a lot more. But the first penalty... I want to talk about Kiko Firmenia, who I think has gone under the radar this, this not just since lockdown, but this season. I think he's been absolutely superb. Um, you know, always getting forwards, not afraid to get in the box, not afraid to have a few pot shots or cross it back or whatnot. And his persistence paid off. He got into the box, some silky stuff on the side, got into the box, and it, it was a clear penalty all day. Um, I don't know how I've seen some Newcastle fans saying it wasn't a penalty, but I, I've got, and this isn't me being biased. <laughs> But I genuinely yeah, don't no, definitely think not. It was a penalty all day long. It was a great play from Saw. Um, great quick feet and vision to um, play Kiko away. And once Kiko gets those legs yeah. going, there's no stopping him. He skips past one challenge, and then um, Richie was quite clumsy the way he, he yeah. tumbled into him to bring him down. But all day long, a penalty in my eyes. Yeah, very. Yeah, I tell you what, it reminded me of. It yes. reminded me of Kapu at Chelsea the other week. You know, he he didn't have to go in, but. When you commit yourself to a challenge like that, nah. no matter even if you try and stop, you you ain't coming out of that. Yeah, exactly. You, you've just got to take it, and it, it was it was a penalty. Um, Troy hasn't scored. I think he scored one in the last ten. I think they said before he um, stepped up. I, I, was I you confident that he, he was going to penalty against his keeper uh, last season? I know it was up the other end in front of the Vicarage Road end. Um, yeah, I actually said to my partner that. Mm. Um, I think he's going to miss this. I think um, he's going to go down the middle, but um, the Parika is going to save it with his legs. Mm. So I was a bit unsure about it, but if there's no one better to step up for a penalty um, than the, the, the guy who's got balls of steel, yeah. uh, Troy Deeney, absolutely levered it, didn't he? Similar to the goal yeah. at Wembley, wasn't it? Um, he did. He, he said, 
Yeah, no, he was. He, he yeah, was he, he, very, he just very put the ball down, and, didn't eyeball uh, the keeper, and he was like, well. I'm going to smash this as hard as I can. And it, if, if it's a keeper, I'm taking the keeper with me. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a good penalty from Troy. And it's yeah. that's exactly yeah, what yeah. we needed. If, if that, if he ends up missing that, he, he knows how crucial that is to our season. It's are we going to come back from missing a penalty one down at Newcastle? Mm. It's going to be tough after that. But yeah, stepped up. There's no better person than Troy Deeney to dispatch that penalty. Yeah. And thankfully, one-one after that. Game on. Yeah, absolutely, and he will do his confidence a world of good because he's been in the conversations of many Watford fans recently, uh, especially on social media, of, we, we won't fully go into it, but of, is mm. Troy sort of, has Watford outgrown him? I think, um, he, have we moved on? He's probably the better phrase, I should say. Um, and I, I've, I've always been a big fan of Troy. Um, obviously, coming from Birmingham and whatnot, I've, I, I know the background he's come from and, you know, he's done very well for himself. But I... I get where people are coming from, but I do think that without he's, him, he's a leader he on and off the pitch, isn't he? And he he's, like we said um, last week, uh, Nigel Pearson's never mm. going to drop his captain, especially when you're in a dogfight, and that's when you need your leaders to step up. I didn't think he had a great mm-hmm. first half, but second half he stepped up, and he actually sh- he, um, he he actually no. performed much better. I think, he, as you say, yeah, the goal gives him confidence. He kind of grew into the game a bit more. He should have done better from when um, that chance he he. Um, yeah. Oh, mate. When Hughesy um, intercepted it, oh, he could have, right? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ben, but he could have. He had three options. He either yeah. puts it in one of the corners, he either puts it to Saar, who was on his left, oh, no. or he puts it to Will Hughes, who's on I, his I, right. I think Dean he treated that like a penalty. Well, yeah, he no, was hitting it sorry, as hard as he can. <laughs> and it, and unlucky, um, well, not yeah. unlucky for us, the goalkeeper just stood still and just um, took that. But like I was saying last week, that's what for that our best. When we high press, we cause other teams to make mistakes in and around the penalty box. And if we carry on doing this, um, this for the rest of the season, yeah. we're going to get some joy out of it. And it was, yeah, it's great awareness from um, Hughesy to intercept that. Yeah, well, like he says, you know, the Corey, we see the Corey do that a lot. We've seen Delafeu do that a lot. Hughes, you know, just off the top of my head, um, I think one of the goals that yeah. we've scored this season and against Arsenal, the 2 draw, come from us high pressing. But that shows the desire so, in the side as exactly. well, trying so, to win the ball high yeah, up the pitch. And, better. and to, uh, you naming all yes, those players that he, he could does. have passed it to, showing that we've got three or four players in and around the penalty box as well. All the, the desire from all of them all wanting to score and trying to get us back into the league. It was brilliant to see. That's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see a bit of fight. We wanted to see desire. We wanted to see passion. Uh, second half yesterday, I don't think you could fault any Watford player. No. No, I completely agree. Um, so, obviously, Troy put that one away and it was 1-1. Uh, and then more silky stuff down the right-hand side. This time it was Saar. It was from a throw-in. So, Kiko returned the favour. Um, uh, it was from a throw-in. Saar gets round yeah. Fernandez, I think it was. And Mankio is it? My bad. And um, Mankio <laughs> decides, I'm going to jump on your back. Let's go for a piggyback. Like, he completely... And the funniest part about it was how... He was trying to dispute it to Craig Pawson, the referee, and <laughs> he, he was sort of showing him what he'd just done. I'm like, mate, that was so obvious. <laughs> like, literally, I, I thought he was going to put on Sar's shirt at one stage, um, but that's what Sar can do, and that's what I mean, getting him involved. When he's making those runs, 
like we've seen it, and to be honest, we saw it with St. Maximum. You know, he had a couple of chances and he's a very fast player, very, very good. Um, but when you get a player like that on the ball and you just let him run and run and take on a few players, you've either won, got to get absolutely embarrassed and skinned, and then we've yeah, created a chance. Definitely. Two, I, I don't know if you remember this um, stat. That's I what think. he did. When um, we first signed um, Saw, I put in the WhatsApp group at the start of the season saying like how how pleased I was with us signing him. And he actually, um, he was the second most fouled in the French league last season behind Pepe. I think he was fouled about seven or eight times last season. So when he gets in the areas, defenders hate defending against people like that. Um, but yeah, great um, intelligence from Saar just to feel where the defender yeah. was. He knew there was space behind him. Um, quickly, he twisted his body around him and had a clear run and yeah, just pulled down. Like you say, he had, he had a piggyback. I think he was mm-hmm. tired, but I think it was a bit suicidal for Steve Bruce, to be fair. He, he saw that um, Danny Rose was getting run ragged down that side. He, he couldn't really handle um, Saar or the overlap from Kiko. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he thought, I'll, I'll switch it up. It will take Danny Rose off. He brought, I don't know who he brought on, but then he, he uh, switched over Mankio over to that side. Mankio was on a yellow card as well. So I think Saar was licking his lips thinking, oh, I can get it. And literally, it was about 15, 20 yeah. seconds later. It, he, he pulled in down for a penalty, but we're not we're not going to complain. Well yeah. done, Steve Bruce, tactical genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do more of that next season because uh, it's looking like we might be playing the next season. Um, and then Troy stepped up again, and I, I, I was in an unfortunate position where the place I was watching the game in yesterday, I think we were one minute behind, so I was out with a load of Villa fans. And they all had the notifications on their phone. I said, you do not tell me what happens with this penalty. Because they were, obviously we were behind. But I, I was adamant. I said, it's, he, he's definitely going to mix it up. Because I was sort of trying to think of it from um, being a goalkeeper um, and then sort of thinking it in Troy's position. Because like it must be so hard. What do you do? Do you put it in the same place and risk him just staying there and trying to get it? Or do you mix it up? And then you've got all these thoughts. And what's the goalkeeper thinking? But Troy, he went for it again. And <laughs> he's absolutely bollocked it in. He smashed yeah, it Yeah, no, in. that was brilliant and from Troy. It, it was, was, real, it was it mind was games, wasn't it? Better. It was like, who, who's, got, who's going to win the mind games out of this to decide what's going yeah. to happen? If the ball is going to go in the back of it or if the keeper is going to... Um, save it um, I was saying to you I, I didn't have confidence really for Troy stepping up for the first penalty but the second penalty I had no doubt I thought Troy was going to absolutely smash this and seeing the penalty back he actually had a better connection with the ball second time round I thought it was much better penalty second time round <laughs> yeah no he did he did but I was I was worried and um, there's an interview on the Watford YouTube if you've not watched it yet ladies and gents and um, it's Troy, obviously interviewing Troy, and he actually said that he said to the Bravka before he put the, the ball down on the spot. He says, "You know which way I'm going," but the Bravka still dived the same way. So uh, I don't know if it, again it was mind games, but I, I think that that's Troy. He was full of confidence at that point, wasn't where he? he's going to go. But he says, <laughs> "Yeah, absolutely, and, and why not?" And dispatched it, and we went two one up, and from there on in. I don't. Think no, the only Newcastle time Newcastle really looked a threat, I think like that was breaking a goal, and then uh, Dawson and... out of nowhere had a tremendous tackle. And I thought, that's superb. That's exactly what you want. I think yeah. we're slowly seeing a bit of leadership yes. at the back now from Craig Dawson as well, mm. um, which is what 
yeah, he's looking much better. But that, yeah, that was it. Um, if own. that's all we can talk about for a chance this second half mm. for Newcastle, then defenders did their job. We want to, we don't want to be talking about the defenders much. If if we've not spoken about the defenders, it means they've done their job. And yeah, um, Dawson and Cabaselli mm. did a job yesterday. And I think that's a partnership that's growing um, game on game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he's I think he's cemented that spot now because earlier in the season he was in and out the side and whatnot, but he's really cemented that spot and made it his. And like you say, he's a leader. You saw it at West Brom and whatnot. He, that's what he does. And obviously him knowing Ben so well, they've got that good bond. It's good to have that good bond between the keeper and the defence because if they're, if they're not sort of on the same level... Then I thought it was good game well management as well. Like, against Norwich last but... week, I think we allowed them to have too much time on the ball, uh, especially when we took the lead. Um, Norwich was putting us under a lot of pressure, yes. whereas yesterday we kept on going and we didn't allow Newcastle to do that. So I thought it was definitely a lot of game management being played in that second half and it, it really worked for us. You could tell that the confidence from coming 1-0 down, not just in one game, in two games now. It's back-to-back games we've came from 1-0 down to go on to win. Great character from the boys. And that's only helping their confidence. You could see second yeah. half, it was like the shackles were off. There was The ball was on the floor a lot more. There was uh, good passes uh, of play between Deeney, Saar, Welbert. The three up front looked like they was linking up well and they was all switching sides as well. It, it was good to see. And that's what we wanted to see. But we knew it was going to be a struggle. It was going to be slow for until we started playing good football again. We was on a horrible run of form and, and now we've managed to get two wins, uh, back-to-back uh, Premier League wins, first time since January. So it, it's looking up for us now. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. I completely agree. And um, we we did well to shut the game out. And if anything, I, I think we probably looked like scoring uh, another goal or two, to be honest. Which yeah, there's a few chances, seen, wasn't there? Yeah, I think uh, Decore had a chance that he put over as well. Um, it was on his weaker foot. But yeah, yeah. a lot, lot more chances. I think we, I was looking at the stats after the game yesterday and for once we actually had more shots on goal than the opponent and that was good to see and there was quite more shots on target as well so whatever they're doing in training is working yeah yeah definitely what did you make of the timing of the substitutions because we've spoke about this a lot and it's a lot's been made of Pearson's substitutions and the timing of it his first substitution was in I think at the 80th minute or something do you think it was a case of I'm going to make them later on to sort of slow the game down or um, what, yeah, what did you make of the timing of them? As the, as the games go on, I feel like Pearson only trusts a few players and he he, he trusts for more. Uh, he, he has more trust in the 11 mm. that's out on the pitch than the people maybe on his bench. Um, and I didn't want him to change it up too early yesterday. I thought his um, substitutions were spot on yesterday um, because for, for the people that went out second half, 11 on the pitch, gave it their all and turned it around from 1-0 down. So I weren't really wanting to change it. And, and knowing that we was playing West Ham on Friday night, I think there's enough recovery time for them as well. Um, but yeah, but just the two substitutions yesterday, wasn't it? It was just cleverly coming on and then Gray coming on uh, last few minutes as well for Troy, who, who actually asked to come off Troy, did, didn't he? Because he which we, we we weren't really aware of. Troy um, looks like he's had a, a knee injury the last few weeks and he, he's playing through the pain barrier. And that's probably to do with um, his performances not being up to scratch mm-hmm. either. But he, he's putting his body on the line here and he's... Um, 
he, he and he's um, putting in performances still as well. So I think we need to get off Troy's back a little bit here. Um, he, he's putting his body on his line. He um, he managed mm. to step up when no other players probably would be able to step on for that um, moment and dispatch those two penalties. Um, he's our leader. He's our captain. He's been with us for so many years now. Maybe reassess it at the end of the season, but for the time being, we need Troy Dean in this side, and he's um he's going to help us um stay up in this division. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he uh, he also said in that interview um, after the game that whatever is wrong with it, he's going to get it drained, and then he's going to have an injection. Or it looks, something. so. He, he yeah, it looks like it's bit, you know it's, um, it's going to be managed week by week, isn't it? Um, it's going to get it drained time. and injected before every game and then he'll yeah. probably end up having like a little surgery at the end of the season or something to try and get himself better for next season but yeah if, if that's what he needs to do to um, keep himself on the pitch and to keep Watford in the Premier League then he's going to carry on doing it He is, he is and he, he, he certainly won't be backing down from the challenge I know that I know a lot's been questioned about him but I, I can assure you that he's probably giving it his all and he, he really cares about this club because we've we've done a lot for him and he's done a lot for us. But um so <clears throat> come the final whistle, obviously two one. We've got we're now seven points clear of Bournemouth and Aston Villa, who both play to die on Sunday. So Bournemouth are at home to Leicester and then Villa are at home to Crystal Palace. Um do you, I don't want to in fact, I'm going to ask you: Do you think that's? Do you think it's done now? Or do I'd you like think to think it's done, but there's a, um, twist I in think, the tail, so to speak. I, 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 I don't really have much hope for Villa to getting out of this situation. I, I feel the only team that could possibly stay up will be Bournemouth, and they they have a, a lot of attacking threat in their sides, and they've shown that in the last yeah. few games. They showed it Manchester United away. They they stepped up. Uh, it, uh, um, Spurs at home um, they, they was a better side against Spurs Spurs were worth throwing that game to be fair mm-hmm. um, so I think if anyone's going to try and push us it's a big ask to get two wins out of their last four games though but I, I'd, I'd like to say that we, we need to pick something up against West Ham away um, who knows a point might be good enough for West Ham and Watford to stay up um, so if Maybe Pearson can get on the old blower to Moisey and arrange for a nil-nil draw. Uh, 50, 50% perception <laughs> yeah. for both teams. Um, no shots on target. We'll take that all day long if that means we'll stay in the Premier League. Absolutely. We'll take the most boringest game of football in the world if it means that we stay in. And we, we spoke about on the pods before, obviously. Uh, I think you said we needed... Was it seven points you thought we needed before the Newcastle game out of the next two? Not seven points. Seven points from the last four games. Um, we had a lot of interaction on Twitter as well when we put the question out. I personally thought two would be enough, but we've got three. Let's go to West Ham now. Let's not do anything silly. Let's go. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and let's try and, you know, honestly, I'm not just saying this now. I wouldn't usually say this. Just sit back. I'd be happy if we just sit back and take a draw. And I think West Ham will be in a similar position, but they looked very good, albeit against a now relegated Norwich side. But they've they've got a, a big threat in Antonio, and he's going to be going into the game in full of confidence. So we need to be wary of him. Craig Dawson and co need to have another solid performance to keep him quiet. But yeah, I, I think 
I think that's probably about it, to be honest. We, we, we like keeping them short because it means that we haven't gone special, wrong. And we don't special have to mention for Will Hughes anything, yesterday. But, I thought um, that, that was a massive hopefully... performance from him. Um, since the restart, he's been very ballsy. He wants to win and graft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love him to probably be like a captain of this club once Troy leaves. Um, you can see now he's playing in his correct position. Um, everyone's raving about him like he was at Derby County. He's mm-hmm. showing how good of a player he can actually be. And he was wasted out on the left last season. And he's probably my player of the season now. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. So, well, I've, I've not no. Um, I think Hughesy's just been brilliant since the restart. <laughs> and he's been dragging us through this and pulling his sleeves up. Um, it's been absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, just what... You shouldn't have said that because... When you said about Ben Foster being the play, your do you know what it season, is, mate? It, he went on a the bit moment of a you stop doing those fan walls, <laughs> Watford actually won games. So you say those fan walls, we'll carry on winning. So it's, it's nothing <laughs> to do with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm a bit of a bad luck charm. I actually haven't seen us win this season. <laughs> I thought the FA Cup game against Tranmere at home was going to uh, break that duck, especially after being three 0 up after like twenty <laughs> minutes. But no. Um, I'll stay off the fan walls. You stop saying people are the player of the season because they'll go crap a few games after. Uh, and we'll just keep talking about the football and hoping that mathematically soon it will be confirmed that we are staying in the Premier League. Um, but seven points adrift, um, seven points adrift, seven points clear. We, it looks so much... You know, like I say, a couple of episodes time, I can mathematically confidently say... We are staying up, so that that's the aim. And I think if the lads put in a performance like they did yesterday, I think we we can't go uh, too far wrong. But Ben, I think that's about it. I think we've covered everything we need to cover in good time as well. And like I say, it's it's so much nicer to speak when we we've come off a, a back of back of a win, um, especially back to back wins. We, we haven't seen that. Yeah, no, definitely, it feels today, much think, more but... easier to be doing this podcast. I don't want to be coming on here after we've lost mm. and we have to overanalyze it and we have to pick thoughts out and start like moaning about the Watford team. I don't this team and I love the, the players we've got. So it's yeah, it makes our jobs a lot easier mm. when we put in performances like that and we can be like, yep, that's 30 minutes on the podcast. That'll do. Right, enjoy the rest of your day. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much uh, <laughs> that can be our sign off every week now thanks for listening to the podcast enjoy the rest of your day see you later um, <laughs> but no um, thank you for listening as always whether it's the first time whether it's the eighth time now episode eight I think this will be um, but we, we really do appreciate it we, we, me and Ben have been speaking you know be behind the, the recordings and we um we didn't expect the interaction that we've been getting. So thanks to everyone that sort of followed us, um, interacted with us, uh, interacted on our polls as well. We're going to get a lot more of those out. And hopefully as well, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be in a position where we can um, do another giveaway. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And um, yeah, we we hope you enjoy your Monday as you listen to this. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed it, I should say, because it's coming out at 5pm. And... um, Hopefully next time we speak, it'll be after another victory um, in the shape of West Ham. But honestly, if any of the Watford players are listening, firstly, hello. Uh, secondly, nil-nil <laughs> draw. That'll do us, honestly. Go go defensive, Troy centre-back. Honestly, 11 men behind the ball. I really don't care. But no, in all seriousness, uh, 
it's looking a lot better considering where we was at the start of these recordings. And um, hopefully we'll bring you the news in a few weeks that it's confirmed and that we're going to be in the, the Premier League. But for now, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Voices of the Week. And we hope that you, uh, you liked it. Don't forget, as always, tell your mates, tag your mates in it, get them to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, thanks for the support and keep listening. Thanks very much, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.